Hello, good people, and welcome to another episode of Conversation Starters. I am your host, Miss Tiff. Happy New Year and welcome to 2024, y'all. We are in full swing. Like, I am so in disbelief that it is 2024 already. Like, time waits for no one, right? Y'all working on y'all goals? I hope that you are. For me, I'm working on them. I'm working on them like all year. So don't judge me, but I am definitely working on them. In today's episode, we're going to talk about standards and preferences. Not standards versus preferences, but standards and preferences. Do you know the difference between the two? And I'm only asking because I've spoke to several people who feel like a standard and a preference is the same thing. It's mind-boggling to me. Now, people can believe whatever it is that they want to believe, but I absolutely believe that there is a huge difference between a standard and a preference. My understanding of a standard is that it is absolutely something that I have to have in place in my life. Like... It needs to be standards in my romantic relationships, standards with my family, standards in my friendships, with my children, and with work. And I'll break all that down for you in just a minute. But standards should be absolute deal breakers. If you cannot follow my standards, like Prophet Erica Badu said, I guess I'll see you next lifetime because... That's not going to work for me. Like you have to respect what my standards are. Um, Another way to look at it is standards reflect how you allow others to treat you or how you treat yourself. Standards are also tied in with your boundaries and the level of respect people give to you. So why wouldn't you have standards in place, right? You want people to respect you, right? You want people to respect your boundaries, I look at standards as a level of quality, while preferences do not improve the quality of anything, right? Preferences are more of your attention grabbers, more of the things you want when it comes to your romantic relationships, your friendships, family, work, and your kids. For example, you might want tall, dark, and handsome. Or a woman with curves in all the right places. But can they read and complete sentences? Can they hold an intelligent conversation? Can they build a house? (laughs) I'm just playing. But you get my drift. Listen, all I'm saying is preferences will have you out here needing therapy if you are not careful. Like preferences will have you looking crazy. (laughs) Like you have to watch yourself. So... Quick little side story. So I was talking to one of my friends one day and I was telling her about this guy that I met. I was like, you know, he's stable with his job. He's God fearing. He travels. He's kind. He's caring. All the things that I thought, you know, showed quality for this guy. You know what her question was to me? Is he cute? You know, I gave her the major side eye like, girl, what? Why are you worried about if he's cute? I told her, I said, see, girl, that's why you single now. Because you out here worried about what this man look like 
when I'm sitting here telling you about all the good qualities that this man has. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that looks are very important. I know that they make a huge difference when it comes to meeting people, um, attraction, you know, things like that. And all that's fine. However, what I'm saying is you have to make sure that these people have things that will keep you when those physical appearances go away. So now that we know the difference between a standard and a preference, I'm going to share with you my list of standards when it comes to my romantic relationships, friendships, family, work, and children. So I'm going to first start off by giving you my list of standards when it comes to my romantic relationships. These are things that I absolutely must have when it comes to um, what I'm looking for in a guy. Um, number one is he must believe in God and he must be a praying man. Like I'm looking for someone I can be on the same page with religiously. I don't want to hear the stories of why you think God is not real or asking me why I got to go to church every Sunday. I don't want to go through the motions of having to explain that to someone who does not believe in God. Um, I want somebody who's going to pray for me, pray with me, pray for me when I can't pray for myself. I just feel like it's important to be on the same page when it comes to your religious beliefs. Now, I understand that some people feel like, you know, I'm going to believe what I believe. He believes what he believes, but... I've been in that situation to where he believed in one thing or he didn't believe at all and it caused a lot of issues and I just don't want that for my relationship. I would prefer for us to be on the same page when it comes to our religious beliefs. Number two, he is a provider. I need for my man to be a provider. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, the gender roles and, you know, all of those things. But for me, mm -mm. I want my man to be a provider. Like, I want to know that he is going to make sure that we have everything that we need. And when I don't have it, he got it. I got his back. He has my back. Like, I want to know that I don't have anything to worry about because my man is going to take care of it. Number three, effective communicator. I think communication is the most important thing in a relationship. You have to communicate so that you guys are on the same page. There is no misunderstandings. It's funny, you know, in my dating experience, I've noticed that communication is one of the hardest things um, to come by. You know, this day and age, you know, communicate, you can communicate in the blink of an eye. It takes two seconds to send a text message. For me, if if you can't communicate, that means you don't want to. Um, interested people act interested. If they want to, they will. I want us to be able to talk to one another about any and everything, about our needs, about our wants, about our goals, about our dreams. And if we're not talking to each other, what are we really doing? Number four, I want him to be able to make sound decisions that are best for the both of us. 
Meaning if I'm not around, I can trust that he will make a smart decision that won't jeopardize anything that we have going on. He can make the decision to sign some documents or he can make decisions to make a purchase or, you know, whatever the case is. Of course, I want us to be able to talk to one another about it. However, if I'm not around, he can make that decision and it's the best decision for both of us. Number five, someone who is honest with me no matter what. And I know everybody thinking honest with you no matter what yes honest with me no matter what if you cheating on me or you thinking about cheating on me let me know because i feel like it's gonna be harder for me if i find out from someone else that goes back to the effective communication we should be talking about you know if we're happy or unhappy anyway and maybe if we're talking about that ahead of time maybe it won't have to come to the cheating and you know things like that and i know everybody out there thinking all men cheat everybody cheats and i don't think that that's completely true i don't think that it's completely true we have to create that safe space for our men and men have to create that safe space for our women but yes i want him to be honest with me no matter what tell me the truth if it's bad if it's good indifferent whatever the case is tell me tell me because i don't want to find out from someone else number six I want him to be selfless, loves me unconditionally, always thinking of me, always thinking about what I, what I need, knows what I need before I even say it. Like in order to have this, you have to be in tune with one another. And this is how in tune I want to be with my partner when the time comes that he knows what I need before I say it. Number seven, someone who listens and executes. If I tell you my car dirty, I want to wake up the next morning and the car clean. Or if I say I'm not feeling well, he understands that and allows me to rest. If I say, babe, I don't like taking out the trash. And he says, okay, babe, you never have to touch the trash again. Like that's the type of listen and execute I would like in my romantic relationship. Number eight, Financially smart and sound, but not fugal. Your girl likes to spend money. Now, don't get me wrong. I do like to shop. I like the finer things in life. However, I'm smart. I follow a strict budget when it comes to my finances. I make sure that all of my bills are paid. I make sure that I have money saved. I make sure I invest in areas that need investments. But I also make sure that I budget for the fun things that I like to do. I like to travel. I make sure I budget for that. I like to shop. I make sure I budget for that. So I would like for my partner to be on the same page. I would like for him to be financially stable. Yes, he must have a job. I'm sorry. I'm just not out here wanting to take care of nobody that don't have no job. He has to have a job. He needs to know how to budget and plan for things that happen in life. And I also would like for him to like to spend a little money as well. Yes, you can have both because I currently live in that joy. <laughs> Number nine, teachable. This one is a big one for me as well. He must be teachable. There's a lot of men out there that think that I'm the man of the house. I'm the leader. I run things. Okay, I get it. 
but you don't know everything. Men do not know everything. And it's the same for women. You do not know everything. It's okay to be teachable. Let your wife help you. Let your husband help you when it comes to certain things. People have different personalities, different have people have different backgrounds. Just because you're book smart, you may not be street smart. Or just because you're street smart, you may not be book smart. Life is constantly teaching us, constantly. So you have to be open to allowing your partner to teach you. Number 10, multifaceted. I want my man to be well-rounded. I want him to know how to change a tire. I want him to know how to build a house. (laughs) I want him to know how to do a lot of things. And if he don't know, he'll go and he will figure it out. And just FYI, all these standards that I have listed, I am also willing to give as well. I would not dare expect these things from my partner if I'm not willing to give it in return. When I created my list of standards, I made sure that I asked myself, will I be able to um, give this back if it came down to it? So, ladies and gentlemen, do not create a list of standards that you're not willing to give in return. All right, so let's get into my list of standards for my friendships. This day and age, building strong friendships can be difficult. You know, it's hard out here, especially with, you know, social media, people looking like they're they're one thing, but in reality, they're something else. Um, Some people feel like, you know, we getting too old to be getting new friends. No new friends, right? We shouldn't be looking for new friendships. Well, I disagree. I don't think that there is an age limit when it comes to building friendships. What matters is, is what type of friendship that you have. I think that you can build meaningful friendships at any age. The key, though, is to just make sure that you and your friends have a clear understanding. Clear understanding. I get it. You can't be friends with anybody, but... The ones that you feel like are your true, genuine friends, you have to make sure that you have those clear understandings. My friend circle is small, but I have friends in that circle that I've had for 20 plus years. I also have friends in that circle that I've only been friends with for one year, but we all have um, the clear understanding of what the expectation is for that friendship. So just like my romantic relationships, I definitely have standards in my friendships. So here's my list. Number one, I can be myself. I can be myself around my friends. They don't judge me. We can laugh. We can joke. We can have long conversations, whatever, whatnot. I can tell them anything and they will not judge me and I won't judge them. Number two. They respect my boundaries. One thing that my friends know about me is that I'm a more reserved person. Like if we're out in the club and I'm just sitting there, it doesn't mean that I'm not having a good time. I'm an introvert. I like to people watch. I That's fun for me. People watch, watching is fun for me. 
if I'm not on the dance floor twerking, that doesn't mean that I'm not having a good time. It just means that my comfort zone is me sitting here watching everyone else have a good time. And my, my friends understand that and they don't judge me for that. Number three, they are honest with me. Me and my friends can sit and we can talk about any and everything. They can tell me when I'm wrong. They can tell me when I moved a certain way. They can tell me when I'm acting funny, whatever. They can be honest with me and I can be honest with them. Number four, they tell me when I'm wrong. Just like I just said, they call me on my bullshit. And they tell me if I need to do something differently and I'm perfectly okay with that. I trust them. I trust what they tell me. Number five, they don't hold grudges. If me and my friends fall out, we fall out, but we resolve the issue and we move on because they are my true friends and I could not imagine not having them in my life. So instead of holding grudges and being mad, we nip that shit in the bud okay we talk to each other about the issue we either agree to disagree and move on or we find a resolution we apologize and we move on we apologize yes i know a lot of people have a lot of issues with apologizing like apologize to people and move on life is too short to be out here holding grudges especially with people that you love and we do this both ways it's a two-way street my friends have some of the same standards when it comes to me. Like I said, it's a two-way street. These are just not my standards that I have for them. But yes, they have standards for me as well. And I respect that. I mean, we could be friends with anybody. Or do we just call them associates? But in order to have meaningful friendships, I think it's very important that you have standards. Next up, let's talk about standards with family. I know this one can be a really touchy subject in some families because a lot of people have trauma with their families and hurt and things that they haven't healed from. But people often feel like just because you're a family, they can treat you any type of way, which is why we have the trauma that we have with family and, you know, things like that. But listen, auntie, I'm a grown woman. You cannot talk to me like I'm five. I'm sorry, but no, ma'am, you can't do it. You know, a lot of families fall apart because of boundaries, you know, because boundaries are not set or because they cross the line when it comes to boundaries. But here's a list of standards that I have set with my family. Number one, love. My family must show me unconditional love. I feel like if my family can't love me, why are we family? You have to show love in your family. Number two, support. You support me in my life. Even if you don't like what I'm doing, you still support me. There's a lot of family members that judge you based on what you have going on in your life. Oh, you got pregnant out of wedlock. Oh, you shacking up. Oh, you doing something that you don't need to be doing. Mind your business. You are my mother. You are my father. You're my aunt. You're supposed to support me in whatever it is that I have going on in my life. Number three, no judgment. 
Don't judge me because my life is what it is. It's my life and I get to do with it whatever I choose. Therefore, I don't need your judgment. Understand that I am happy where I am and don't try to change that. Number four, security. I am safe when I am around my family. If I'm not safe around my family, then I'm not coming around my family. And a lot of people have issues with that because they are not safe, whether it be abuse. And abuse is not just sexual abuse. It's emotional abuse, verbal abuse. If you're not safe when you're around your family, I'm sorry to say, but yeah, your family's not going to come around you. Number five, open communication. I can talk to my family about issues I have with them. It needs to be able, I need to be able to talk to you about whatever issues I have. I think this is why a lot of us have trauma with our families or things that we are unhealed from because we never have those conversations. And I know if you're anything like me, I grew up with the mom that I couldn't have no hurt feelings. I couldn't be angry about life. Like I couldn't have any of those feelings because they just didn't believe in that. Like you're the child, I'm the adult, you do what I say. And I do believe that to a certain extent. However, you, we need to create those spaces for our children to be able to come to us and talk to us about their emotions and their feelings. Conflict resolution. Like if we beefing about something, we need to be able to sit down and talk about it. Like this whole thing with, I haven't spoken to my father in 20 years. That's crazy to me. Or I haven't communicated with my mom ever is crazy to me. Now I understand if these people are not in your life and they haven't been in your life since you've been born, but if you have the opportunity to have them in your life, I think that it's very important that you at least give that open communication so that you can heal from whatever it is that your family has done to you. So let's talk about standards for your children. And I know people probably think you got to have standards with your children. Yes, you have to have standards with your children. I have two adult daughters and I didn't realize that I needed the standards with them until they became adults, right? Like, yeah. So let's start with number one, respect. Always respect me as your mom, even when you're not in my presence. I expect for my kids to always respect me. To this day, my kids do not curse in front of me because I taught them to respect me. And they know that cursing in front of me is disrespectful. They won't even allow their friends to curse around me. So yeah, my kids always respect me. If they're mad or angry at me, they won't argue back. They might ask why, why do you feel that way? Or why can't I do this? Or why can't I do that? But they don't argue with me like a lady on the street. They know better than that. Number two, morals. No right from wrong. I raised you to know right from wrong. I taught my girls how to carry themselves at all times. Always remember when they're out and about, remember what I taught you. Number three, always be there for your sister. 
You have to, I taught my girls to make sure that they are always there for one another because when I'm dead and gone, they're going to have each other and they need to make sure that they have that bond because they're all they got. If they, they are all that they have and they need to make sure that they continue to have that relationship. And because of that, my girls are very close. Like they tell each other things before they tell me. So Last but certainly not least, let's talk about standards for work. When it comes to standards at work, you must know your worth and be confident in that. Listen, if you don't know what your worth is, why would you expect your employer to know your worth and treat you as such? When you know your job and you do it well, you should not have any issues with work. You should be able to ask for whatever it is that you want. Let me give you my list of standards for my job, right? So number one, communication. Listen, I love a performance evaluation because it gives me the feedback that I need to perform my job. Tell me what I need to improve on. Give me the goals so that I can work towards them at the end of the year, by the end of the year. And to top it all off, I get a pay increase on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and give me that performance evaluation. I'm okay with that. Constructive criticism does not offend me. I know that I'm not perfect and I always want to be a better me. So I'm willing to do whatever it is that I need to do to be better. And sometimes in order for me to know where I need to improve, I need to get feedback from others, especially with work. I want to be better at work. I want to do my job well. When I say prayers to God, I ask him to show me where I need to improve. Make me a better person. I, you know, I usually have one-on-ones with my boss on a monthly basis just to touch base with her and see what her goals are for me or what my goals are and make sure that they align. There's nothing wrong with communication at work. And in fact, I think it's very important. And I'm noticing that communication is a very important standard to have in all aspects of life. As I'm going through my list, I'm seeing that communication is on every last one of those lists just about. So make sure communication is on your list of standards. Number two, job duties that align with my job description. Now, don't think that you're going to get me up in here and take advantage of me and not compensate me for the work that I'm doing. I'm a hard worker. And again, I do my job well. But one thing I'm not going to allow is for my employer to take full advantage of me. No, I'm not willing to do that. I'll help in any and every way. I don't mind doing that. However, I need to know that you appreciate the work that I'm doing. And sometimes that looks like compensation or that looks like a good performance evaluation. That looks like an email saying, I saw what you did. So definitely, definitely making sure job duties align with my job description. Number three, security. Am I safe at work? Can I trust my coworkers? Does my boss have my back? That's what security looks like to me. When it comes to work, I'm not talking about, is it safe for me to walk in the building? And mind you, that stuff is important as well. But when I'm speaking on security, I'm talking about, can I trust my coworkers? 
or they're going to be talking about me behind my back or they're going to be going to my boss telling lies. You know, those types of things. You should have your list of standards already in place when you're searching for that job. Um, I know it's 2024 and some people may have on their list of goals to find a new job. But before you do that, one, make sure you know your worth and make sure you're confident in that. And then two, make sure that you have standards in place. What are you expecting out of your employer? Create those standards, then look for the job. And if those, if that job does not meet your standards, that's probably not the job for you. Okay, so let's recap. First, let me give y'all a little disclaimer. All of these things that I have listed, all of these standards are my personal standards. You can create your own standards. I am not a professional. I'm only giving you what I have experienced in my life, like real life things. Create your own list of standards based on what your experiences have been in your life, right? So a little recap, we have, we know the difference between a standard and a preference. We understand that we have to have standards in all aspects of life. Listen, if your preference list is longer than your standards list, then you need to go on back to the drawing board because that's not how it should be. Your standards list should always be longer than your preference list. This will save you a lot of hurt feelings later on down the road. So leave me a comment telling me some of your standards um, that you have in place for your life. Like what kind of standards do you have in your romantic relationships? What kind of standards do you have for your kids, your family, work? What about standards in your friendships? Or do you not have any standards or do you just go by your preferences? Tell me your list of preferences as well. I know I didn't get into some of my preferences because again, I feel like they're not the most important things you should have in relationships. I do believe that they are important. However, I don't think that they are top of the list because I feel like, you know, once the preferences are gone, all you have left are the standards. So, but leave me some comments. Let me know um, what your standards are. Make sure you are following the pod so that you know when the next episode drops. Thank you, good people, for listening. I will talk to you later. Bye.